InfoTrack continues. Once again, here's Chris Whitting. Most of the daily headlines you read might seem depressing, but our next guest says, The future is better than you think. In fact, that's the subtitle of his book. Let's welcome Stephen Kotler to InfoTrack. How are you? I'm well, thanks for having me. You've written a book titled Abundance, co-authored with Peter Diamandis. Why do you think that the world is getting better? Not only do I think the world is getting better, I think it's getting better at an accelerating rate. There's a tremendous amount of doom and gloom that's pumped at us on a daily basis, but take a slightly bit of a long view when you find out things like child mortality, for example, has dropped tenfold this century. Longevity has more than doubled. Food is 13-fold cheaper than it was 100 years ago. Income adjusted for inflation has tripled over the past 100 years. And as Steven Pinker has recently pointed out, we're living in the most peaceful time in human existence. Violence has dropped a hundredfold since the Middle Ages. So right now, in and of itself, we're living in a fairly extraordinary time. But what we document is how four emerging forces are slowly reshaping the world and giving us the real opportunity to significantly raise global standards of living over the next 10 to 20 years. What are some of those factors? We look at four. The first is exponentially growing technology. And the most famous example of this is known as Moore's Law. Moore's Law states that basically every 12 to 24 months, your computer gets twice as fast for the same price. This is why an $8 million supercomputer from the 1970s now sits in your pocket and costs less than $200 in your cell phone. So the first of those forces is exponentially growing technology. Then we have the new phone power of the do-it-yourself innovator, the DIY innovator. And these are individuals and small teams of people who can now, thanks to the power of exponentially growing technology, take on challenges that 10, 15, 20 years ago we're the sole province of large corporations of government. I'll give you a really simple example. My partner on this, Peter Diamandis, runs the X Prize. The first X Prize, which was a race into space, was won by a man named Bert Rattan, who, with a team of 20 engineers and a budget of $36 million, sent a man into space. This is something it took NASA $300 million to do not 10 years before. So the newfound power of the DIY innovator is very, very profound. We also have the techno-philanthropists. These are people like Bill Gates or Jeff Skoll, people who reinvented whole industries before the age of 35, and they haven't lost their taste for the big and bold, and they grew up in very, very socially conscious times, and now they're using their tremendous wealth. Literally, they have wealth that equates to nation states in some cases to go after grand challenges. Bill Gates is going after malaria and vaccines. Jeff Skoll is crusading against pandemics. And our fourth force, which is probably the most exciting, we call the rising billion. These are the poorest people on earth who over the past 10 to 15 years have slowly, slowly started to emerge as a viable market force. But what we're having now is currently the world's population is 7 billion. 2 billion people online. But over the next 10 years, that number is going to jump to 5 billion. So we have 3 billion new minds coming online. These are people who are joining the global conversation for the very first time. We've never heard from them before. We've never had access to their ideas. They'll be consumers. They'll be creators. They're an astounding force for abundance. We're talking on InfoTrack with Stephen Kotler, who is the co-author of Abundance, The Future is Better Than You Think. Stephen, the average person is bombarded by negative news from the media and just from society in general. How do they pick up on this abundance mindset? Is it possible? Well, you brought up a really, really good point. The average person is absolutely bombarded by bad news, and there's a reason for this. 
Every second, our senses take in millions of bits of data. One rough estimate that I've heard is 400 billion inputs a second. So all this information goes someplace, and the first place it goes is an ancient portion of the temporal lobe, part of the brain, called the amygdala. The amygdala is essentially our danger detector. It is an organ that is primed to look for danger. Of course, the media knows this, and the old newspaper saw if it bleeds, it leads, <laughs> works, because the amygdala is scouring the environment for things to be afraid of. On top of that, and that alone is enough to kind of keep us pessimistic, but on top of that, the brain employs a bunch of kind of cognitive shortcuts. These are just basically processing shortcuts to deal with this deluge of information. And when these things work, they're called heuristics. But when they fail, as Nobel laureate Daniel Kahneman pointed out, they're called cognitive biases. Now, a lot of our cognitive biases essentially conspire to keep us pessimistic. We have a negativity bias, which is an innate tendency to privilege bad news over good news. We have a confirmation bias, which is a tendency to let in only information that confirms our beliefs and ignore all other information, which in itself might not be so bad, but when we're constantly bombarded by bad news from the media, then the only thing that is getting confirmed is our fear of death. We have loss aversion, which keeps us stuck in ruts. And all these things work together and really do conspire to keep us in a bad mood. And aside from just bad news and that mindset, in reality, there are some bad players out there. They're rogue governments, enemies of our country who want to destroy us. How do you see that unfolding as the future comes upon us? Well, you are absolutely correct. We are facing some very, very, very difficult problems, some very, very intractable problems. And as you know, the exponentially growing technology, which, as you know, I talked about earlier, is a phenomenal force for empowerment, this is personal empowerment. The exponential technology can be used for good or for ill, but the thing that makes it so much different is all these things enable individuals to work together in ways never before. So you no longer have to wait around for somebody else to solve your problems. Right now, each of us are empowered to solve our own problems, and we've never had that opportunity before in the history of the world. So technology is definitely assisting this whole process, as you pointed out. Absolutely. When you talk about exponentially growing technologies, right, I gave the example of Moore's Law and that's computers, but the same exponential growth curves are showing up in cloud computing and nanotechnology and robotics and artificial intelligence and synthetic biology and networks and sensors and 3D printing and on and on and on. These are incredibly potent technologies. I'll give you a really simple example. Healthcare is a really phenomenal example. Right now, healthcare is a global problem. It's a big problem here in America. It's usually expensive, but we've got Artificial intelligence technology, everybody kind of remembers Watson, which was the supercomputer that won on Jeopardy. Well, what most people don't know is after Watson was done besting contestants on the game show, they sent Watson to medical school. So the goal is to turn Watson into a diagnostic device on a cloud computer that everybody can access that can diagnose disease better than board-certified doctors. On top of this, there's another device that's being developed, and actually my co-author, Peter Diamandis, has created an XPRIZE for it. They're calling it the Tricorder XPRIZE after the fabled Star Trek diagnostic device. Hmm. This is a portable cell phone-sized device that can analyze sputum, blood, or urine, and hooked up to the cloud, hooked up to this Watson AI, suddenly... You wake up in the middle of the night, your child is coughing, you don't know what's wrong. Rather than having to rush to the emergency room, or maybe if you live in a country where there aren't those facilities available to you, you can literally figure out what's wrong with your child using a cell phone. Wow, that's fantastic. 
Well, the book is Abundance, The Future is Better Than You Think. Lots of good inspiration and information. Co-author Stephen Kotler. Your website is AbundanceTheBook.com. Thanks so much for joining us on InfoTrack. Thanks for having me. You're listening to InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. A production of Syndication Networks of Chicago.